Welcome to the Lingolstown Life Podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings and encouraging devotionals to help you deepen your faith. In today's podcast, Pastor George Reynolds preaches the first sermon in our series entitled Words Have Power. This sermon was originally preached on Sunday, August 23rd at Lingolstown Life Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I want to read to you this morning from James. James was the brother of Jesus and uh, the leader of the early disciples in, uh, in Jerusalem. He writes these words in James, the third chapter, starting with verse 3. He said, When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person and sets the whole course of his life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Well, as a child on the playground, I was well rehearsed in the simple verse, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But the reality is the words did hurt. Uh, The sticks and stones, they'd hurt too, but uh, you know, those external hurts, they, they would heal up pretty quickly, but, but deep down inside, those words, well, they scar you with long-lasting consequences. No matter how often we may say that line when we're children, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, you and I know the truth. We know the truth that words have power, but they also have the power of life and death. And as disciples of Jesus, our words are meant to build up, never to tear down. Now, this Sunday happens to fall uh, right in between the Democratic National Convention and the Republican National Convention. Um, It it is two weeks that are going to set off uh, the rest of the election season, and if 2020 hasn't been strange already, it's only going to get stranger over the next several weeks and months. But, you know, there are going to be a lot of words that are going to be tossed back and forth, not just by politicians, but by people like you and I. And when those words get tossed about, They are going to be hurtful words. They're going to be the kind of words that tear people down. And and honestly, 
we need to remember and realize that as Christians, we're just as guilty as other people. I mean, we, we commit character assassinations. We, we, we spread mistruths and lies just like everybody else. And oh, when it comes to conspiracy theories, honestly, I think in many respects, sometimes Christians are worse than anyone else. But, you know, let's, uh, let's also talk about the fact that, that this Sunday uh, is the Sunday right before the start of the new school year for many. Some have already returned. Many more are returning this week or will in the next couple weeks. And, you know, as if the return to school isn't, isn't bad enough, uh, this year it's really difficult. And, and when we add to that things like the shaming of people's decisions about their children's schooling choice, uh, the anger at, that people have had uh, at people who are decision makers. Listen, as a decision maker here at the church, you can't even begin to know all of the things that are going into making decisions. And the people aren't trying to harm you. They're trying to make the simplest, best decision. And, and trust me, you aren't necessarily going to make better or right decisions than those people. So calm down on the vitriol. And, you know, all this uncertainty that we're living in right now, and, and we, wonder, <clears throat> we wonder why our students are really stressed about the return to the classroom this year. They're, they're simply reflecting. They're reflecting what they see in you and me. But anyway, words have power. And for a lot of times in our lives, words hurt. And it's especially true when we're talking about going back to school. Um, I know my English teacher didn't mean to hurt me when she said what she said, but, but the truth is she did. And listen, this isn't a jab at educators at all because I know educators are wonderful people who would never do anything intentionally to bring harm to a child. Uh, I, I got that lesson driven home to me just a few weeks ago when, when after a Sunday morning, uh, a parent followed up with me and said, you don't realize what you said this morning, but for our child, it could have really been bad. Fortunately, while what I said was supposed to be good, had this child heard it, it probably wouldn't have been interpreted that way. So I, I understand, I truly admit this, I understand how sometimes the words we say have unintended consequences. But anyway, I get back to my English class, and I'm, I'm sitting there in English class, and my English teacher is teaching some sort of a lesson, and somewhere in the lesson, I became a comparison. So the, the teacher is looking at this one student who's, uh, who's sitting there in the class, and he's a guy that's probably been shaving since he was in second grade. I mean, he just... He could grow hair from the time he woke up in the morning until the end of the day that was, well, anyway, you get the picture. This guy's got hair everywhere. And the, the teacher is making some kind of a, a notation about the fact that this guy is a man. 
And then she swings around to the other side of the classroom where I'm sitting, and she points to me, and she says, now there's a boy. Now, you got to realize, this is 11th, 12th grade. I, I can't remember which one, but I mean, if I put a razor to this face, it, it was maybe once a month, and that was just to smooth out the peach fuzz. I mean... But when she said that, when she said, there's a man and there's a boy, everybody in the classroom just erupted in laughter. And I did too, because if I didn't laugh, I probably would have cried, because words have power. Words have power. And, you know, we, we all know that words have power and that words can be harmful, but, but we also know that words can be life-giving. Uh, as Genesis reminds us, God spoke, there was a big bang, and, and out of nothing came everything that exists. Uh, I know personally, I would imagine this is the same for you, that there have been people that have spoken uh, words over us that become life-empowering, that, that help to set our lives in a positive direction. And so we, we remember today, words have power. Words have power. They have power to build up. They also have power to tear down. The problem is, the problem is that our mouth, and in today's culture, our keyboard, okay, our mouth and our keyboard are a source of both words that hurt and words that build up. And James makes this point when he says this. He says, we use our tongue to praise God our Father and then turn around and curse a person who was made in his very image. He goes on and he says this, out of the same mouth we pour out words of praise one minute and curses the next. My brothers and sisters, this should never be. And James is absolutely right. This should never be. This, this whole thing of blessings and curses coming out of our mouths, it shouldn't be. But as James said in, uh, in chapter 3 and verse 7, he says this. He says, he's talking about every wild, every wild animal on earth. Um, he says they have all been overpowered and tamed by humans. But look, this is verse 8. He says, the tongue is not able to be tamed. The tongue is not able to be tamed. Look at these next words. It's a fickle, unrestrained evil that spews out words full of toxic poison. Look at a person next to you right now and tell them, you are a fickle, unrestrained evil. Okay, maybe you don't want to do that because that might start some more poison that we don't need to spread around. But, but think about it. Isn't this perfect? It's a fickle, unrestrained evil that spews out words full of toxic poison. Sounds to me, sounds to me like the problem of the 21st century was around in the first century also. So maybe you want to ask right now, should we just give up? I mean, if this is a problem that isn't going to go away anytime soon, is there really any reason to even try and tame our tongues? Well, yes, because James is right. James is right. This should never be. 
And, and if we don't try, what we're going to do is we're going to bite and devour each other until nobody is left unscarred by our words. So let me share with you three steps that I think you and I can take if we want to begin to tame our tongue. So here's the first one. Acknowledge the problem. Sounds simple, Sounds simple, and it is, okay? Just acknowledge the problem. And, and if I haven't convinced you yet that there is a problem with our words, then you've got your head stuck in the sand. But honestly, acknowledging the problem, that our words hurt, is really the first step in being able to confront the problem and find a solution. So the first thing we need to do is acknowledge the problem. Now, the, the challenge is that the second step gets hard, okay? The second step gets really hard. And, you know, James uses three images that, that in almost any culture are easy for people to, uh, to picture in their mind. He, he references the bit that we put in a horse's mouth, the rudder that steers a ship, and a spark that sets a forest on fire. Now, just think about it for a moment. They're all small things with a big impact. They're all small things with a big impact. I mean, you put the bit in a horse's mouth, it's small, but with that bit in the horse's mouth, you can turn a thousand pound animal in every direction you want them to go. Similarly, the rudder of a ship is small in comparison to the overall size of a ship, but it steers that ship wherever the pilot wants it to go. And a small spark, a small spark can set a forest on fire. All you've got to do is look at the, the fires that are raging out in the west right now. Now, right here in my Bible, uh, some point in time, I, I wrote three questions. And these are the three questions that I wrote right here in my Bible. I wrote this. I said, who holds the reins? Who steers the boat? And who strikes the match? Who holds the reins? Who steers the ship? And who strikes the match? Now, to me, as I look throughout Scripture, the answer to me is obvious, and maybe you'll agree with me, but I think the answer is that it's our heart that holds the reins, that steers the ship, that strikes the match. Jesus said it this way in, uh, in Luke 6.45. He says this, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Now, here's that statement in its complete context. This is from the New Living Translation. He says, a good person produces good things from the treasury, get this, okay, from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. So, here's the second step. Okay, after we've acknowledged the problem, the second thing is that we've got to guard what you're banking. You and I need to guard what we're banking. We need to guard what we're banking in our heart. 
You see, if we're going to produce words that build up and not tear down, if we're going to bring life rather than death, if we're going to unleash the power of words to build up instead of tear down, then we have to make good, positive, life-affirming deposits in the treasury of our heart. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, how do we do that? And very simply, we do that by guarding. If this is a treasury, okay, if this is a treasury, we have to guard it. And to guard our hearts, we need to guard our eyes and our ears. And what we need to understand is that we have the power to shut out the voices and the images that demean and devalue other people. I mean, after all, when the power of your words are hurting another person, they are hurting a person who bears the very image of God. So our hurtful words are not just directed at a person, but they are directed at God, who is our creator. Now, let's just be practical about this for a moment. Let's be practical about how you guard your eyes and your ears, okay? May I suggest that you start by turning off the voices that you listen to incessantly who feed the anger and the hate. Now, do you need me to get specific? I will, if you want me to. Um, but you might want to start by turning off that talk radio station that you listen to. You, you might want to turn off the 24-hour news channels. And listen, I'm not pointing at anyone. I'm pointing at all of them. Okay? And stop following people on social media who post and repost all sorts of negative stuff. I mean, I've learned lately that one of my favorite buttons in Facebook is the mute button. It puts a person to sleep for 30 days, and then you don't have to watch and see and listen to all the stuff that they put out there. Now, if we're going to guard our heart, our, our heart by guarding what goes in our eyes and in our ears, may I suggest to you, that instead of filling our heart with negative, 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 maybe it's time you fill your heart with something that's positive, something that's good, something that's affirming. Uh, might I suggest you try some worship music? And see, if you're going to make a deposit into your heart, make it a good deposit, Okay, make it something that's going to be uplifting to you so that what's treasured in your heart is something, something that can be uplifting to others. See, we're not going to be able to, to steer the horse or the boat in the right direction or prevent the spark that sets things ablaze if what's in our heart is only evil. Okay, so we've got the first two steps. Acknowledge the problem, guard what you're banking, and then that brings us to our third step, and that is guard your mouth. Now, this is a little different than guard what you're banking. This is guarding your mouth, okay? Did your mother ever tell you this when you were a child? If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. 
If you follow me on Facebook, maybe you saw my, my image of Thumper saying that from the movie Bambi where his mother asked him, what did your father tell you? As he made fun of little Bambi after he was born. And Thumper said, if you can't say anything nice, don't say nothing at all. Good advice, isn't it? Well, you know, Kendall told us something last week, which I think is also good advice, and that is that we need to learn to think. We need to learn to think. Before we engage our mouth, we need to think. And, and think really just is really an acronym for these five things that we need to ask ourselves before we speak. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? You know, we could avoid a lot of hurtful, harmful words in our lives if we just think. Okay? Now, that is a very practical outworking of David's prayer from Psalm 141, verse 3. In that passage, and I put on here two different versions of Scripture, but in the NIV, David's words in Psalm 141.3 say, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Is that a prayer that all of us need to use? Of course it is. I like the way that, that the New Living Translation puts it as well, and that is, take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. Take control, Lord. Now, I, I can't help but think how many harmful words could be avoided if we start whispering this prayer every day. I mean, think about it this way. If you're going to be talking to your neighbor and you know that maybe your neighbor has some different opinions than you might have, then maybe what you do is you pray, Lord, take control of what I say and guard my lips. If you have a teenager at home, maybe, maybe as you're going to talk to your teen, you pray, set a guard over my mouth. Lord. And if you're scrolling through social media, well, maybe before you start scrolling, you need to pray, take control of what I say or what I post or repost, O oh Lord, and guard my lips. You see, if we can just think, if we can just think, if we can heed the words of James who said, everyone, and you know this, everyone should be quick to listen and that's right, slow to speak. If we can do that, then we can avoid becoming people who allow the power of our words to hurt. <coughs> and Adam Tarantino is going to share a little bit more about that next week. But we can see the power of our words, Adam's going to talk about, as a way to edify and build others up. So, let's think about this. Let's take these three things, okay? Acknowledge the problem, guard what you're banking, and guard your mouth. If we can take these three steps, the first thing we need to do is acknowledge that there is a problem. Just simply be honest enough to admit that our words have power, and often the power that we wield is harmful. 
The second thing, we have to guard what we're banking in our heart. Simply put, we have to fill up on the positive, not the negative, and that's going to mean that we have to make some choices about the voices that are speaking hurtful and negative words in our lives and eliminate those. And the third step, we need to guard our mouth. We need to think, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Or in James's own words, we need to be slow to speak. Now, honestly, honestly, I'm conscious of the fact that my words have power. Now, I started in verse 3 this morning of James, but uh, the reality is I should go back to verse 1 because verse 1 has something that has spoken to me for a long, long time. James writes this, he says, my dear brothers and sisters, don't be so eager to become a teacher in the church. Don't be eager to become a teacher in the church since you know that we who teach are held to a higher standard of judgment. You see, I'm accountable for my words. I'm accountable, and as I mentioned earlier, when that got driven home to me by a parent a few weeks ago, I mean, it it really made me stand up and, and pay attention to the types of words that I use. But honestly, honestly, every week I feel the weight of this verse uh, because someday I know that I'm going to have to give account to God for how I handled his word and how I handle my words. But let's be honest. Let's be honest. I think we're all accountable. I think we're all accountable for our words. You know, earlier I read Jesus' words from from Luke 6, verse 45, about how our words come from what our heart is full of. Well, in Matthew's account of these words from Jesus, Matthew concludes with Jesus saying this. He says, you can be sure, these are Jesus' words, You can be sure of this, when the day of judgment comes, everyone will be held accountable, look at this, for every careless word he has spoken. Every careless word. Now, I don't know about you, but that should stop all of us in our tracks the next time we're ready to open our mouths or get ready to hit the share button in social media. But listen, I I don't want you to watch your words because you are fearful of the day of judgment. You see, my prayer is that you will weigh the power of your words and make wise and discerning use of your words. I mean, sure, we all understand that we can set the world on fire with one word. Uh, in, In our cancel culture in which we live today, you can lose your platform just like that because of one misstep. But listen, listen, what if we weigh each word by the amount of life that it can give to another person? What if we really stop and think about the amount of life that our words can give to another person? 
Or what if we put it this way? What if we choose our words in a way that we know will encourage another person? What if, what if you just decide that this week the only words you're going to speak are going to be words that will encourage another person? And it seems to me like this is just the kind of season in which we need to encourage one another. Here's another way to think about it. What if you thought about your words as a seed? And that every time, every time you speak a word to somebody, you plant a seed in their heart. Think about that. What is it that you want to plant in somebody's heart? Do you want to plant thorns or do you want to plant flowers? So think about that when you're going to speak. Or, or another way to, to just follow with that, what if we saw our words as water that nurtures? Water that nurtures a tender sprout. We've all come to, to learn how important our words are because words have power. Our words have power. So let's determine... Let's determine to use those words that we have for good. Join me in a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the words that you have preserved for us from David who reminded us that we needed to guard our lips, from James who reminded us that that the tongue can be a great evil, but also a, a source of great joy. Lord, as we look around, we know so well the problem in our world today. And Lord, our heart's desire is that we don't continue to contribute to the problem, but that we become a solution to the problem. Lord, help us, help us to guard our hearts and this treasury that, that is built up in our lives day in and day out. Lord, help us to, to set aside those voices that would speak negatively into us and help us to listen to your words, to the kind of words that build up, the kind of words that edify, the kind of words that strengthen us. And Lord, as we hear those words, may those be the things that are brought forth from the depths of our hearts. Lord, forgive us for the times that we've allowed this tongue to get us in trouble and enable us each and every day to whisper the prayers that we need so that in, in every situation, Lord, we want to honor you and we want to honor others by speaking words that have the power of life. So, Lord, we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, I just want to offer this word of benediction to you as you go today. May you simply go forth knowing that you carry a great power May you carry that power in such a way that you bring life and that you bring health and you bring wholeness and you bring hope to the lives of others. 
And I pray that as you go forth today to love God and to love others, that you will go with a good and positive word upon your heart and upon your lips. Go in peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Lingolstown Life podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope that you will leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more at www.lingolstownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth to love God and love others.